The following episode contains scenes of violence, threats, and humor involving drugs and alcohol. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Wait, what is Sloan Matthews works with like Dr. Alvarado, right? Sloan Matthews is Dr. Alvarado's assistant. Okay. Dr. Matthews, if we're going to get technical. And suddenly everything goes silent for a moment. And you hear the crack of a gunshot. <gasps> and Lydia looks out with her mouth agape and looks down to a bloodied chest and grabs at it. And she starts to fall over. And you realize in that moment that behind her, with a smoking gun in hand and an anguished look on his face, is Sloan. What? What? And Lynch looks out at the lot of you and says, I have been talking to all of you for months now, getting different perspectives and different testimony about the events leading up to that day. At this time, I am leaning towards proceeding with a trial. The fuck? The district attorney has made some good points. I'll be honest, my bias is that I believe Union does do good work, but in the interest of transparency and holding them accountable, I think that there should be a more formal address up in the north end we have these drug dealers i don't know if they're trying to make a name for themselves or what but they're dealing these uh slam packs and it's kind of like uh, steroids in a way where they kind of get like stronger they're faster you have new associates Ooh. i would answer his questions yeah, it was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know their names. I just, you know, they're, they're trying to trying to give us some some assistance, you know, the truck. Where it's going to be on the outskirts of town somewhere in the centennial. Uh, when Dude, I think it's I think it's like in, in like two weeks. Visual aid, you are staring at the withered face of your former friend, Dr. Sloan Matthews. The jovial light in his eyes has dimmed a bit since you last saw him. His hair is longer, pulled back into a ponytail. His soul patch has grown into a scraggly beard. He takes a seat at the table, adjusting himself into a dignified posture as he faces you. So, Ruby, what's, uh, what's up? It's been almost two years. You uh, haven't been to visit me, so something happened. Well, no, I don't think Ruby doesn't want him. Uh, Ruby does not want Sloane to know how much like his betrayal affected her. Well, Doctor Matthews, there's something that we need your help with. Very interesting. I think we're going to kind of come back to this scene in a bit. Okay, Matthews, don't bullshit me. What's the Krabby Patty secret formula? <laughs> Yeah, I've also decided that Ruby's just going to always call him Dr. Matthews for a little bit. That's fair. I mean, it's, it's his name. <laughs> it is his name. But also, she says Dr. Matthews, but it kind of sounds like you little bitch. Exactly. But now we're going to take a step back to a few weeks ago. Laserhawk, Ruby, and Yardak, you've been on the trail of a shipment that is allegedly going to the Blue Cross gang from some new benefactors. 
Oh, that's right. Menomena, I'm gonna kick you. Menomena, right in the nuts. Menomena. So what are you, what are you all doing? Um, let's say, cause didn't we end not the last episode, but the one before that, like we were going on that stakeout? So the thing about the Great Gatsby. You've already done the Great Gatsby. We're doing the Great Gatsby again. There's a lot of points to bring up with this book. Feel free to correct me, but I feel like we'd be perched on top of a roof watching down, waiting for something to happen. Maybe I'm sitting on a couch smoking pot because my friend loves me. I don't know. As fun as it would be to, like, recreate a scene from that 70s show. Okay, so I guess, so we're on the rooftop and he's talking to, I assume, Carl for some reason? Yeah, it's also, like, almost 11 o'clock at night. Ruby, shouldn't your kid be in sleep? Yeah, you'd think so. Alright, Dad, well, thanks, thanks for calling me again, uh, like, right before bed to talk about the Great Gatsby. You sound a little tired, though. I'm gonna get going. What can I say? I've been up all night reading The Great Gatsby to help you with your book report, kid. Dad, that was like three book reports ago. I really like The Great Gatsby, and I want you to get an A. Okay. Uh, good night. He definitely already has the A, doesn't he? He definitely already has the A. Fuck better. But this vigilante is blitzed out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, so Carl hangs up. And presumably goes to bed. I need you to do me a favor and roll an insight check, uh, Laser Hawk. 22. 22. You're definitely pretty sure he can tell you're high. Or you're just paranoid. Who knows? That's fine. We're old enough to have that conversation. He's 14. (laughs) Wait, is Yardak on the couch? Like, Is everybody on a couch? Is that actually what's happening here? God, I hope so. Yeah. Yes, I made a couch for us to sit on. And I imagine, yeah, you're on a rooftop, kind of looking down. You're across the street from a little warehouse, little corner shop that is just closing up for the evening. Owner's locking up. Not too long after that, a couple guys show up. They're wearing hoodies, so you're not sure. Uh, everyone, everyone, roll a perception check. Wearing hoodies. Clearly, they're part of the Blue Cross gang. Those are the only people you've ever mentioned wearing hoodies. <laughs> that is accurate. Seventeen altogether. <laughs> Nine. I did not roll well. Oh, that's what I rolled. I rolled a six. You only have two in perception? That's gonna be another 22 then. No, I also, I did math wrong. Shit. Yeah, what did you actually get? Seven, six, ten. Ruby, I think you're a little distracted. Like, you're kind of worried. You're kind of, I think, uh, thinking over the the philosophical and legal ramifications of making counterfeit weed. But it's like not counterfeit, but it's real, but it's not real. It's it's you're you're just really messing with your head and you're distracted. Meanwhile, Laserhawk is like one hundred percent focused uh on the fact that these are probably Blue Cross gang members. And they kinda like hang out, out in front of the warehouse, and not too long after that, uh truck starts pulling up and backing into the loading dock. Turns to Ruby. We've never had a good experience in a warehouse. Make your knives now. I start making I make Two daggers and put them on my boots and a dagger and I put it on like a sheath on my thing. And then I also make hoodies to try and blend in. Just a reminder that the Blue Cross gang doesn't traditionally wear hoodies. They wear bandanas. Like they probably also wear hoodies because a lot of people do. But I put hoodies. I also okay. I also make the bandanas. The hoodie is more to hide the fact I'm wearing a fucking mask. And a dress, presumably. Yes. I mean, are there, are, are there no women like Blue Cross members? I don't know, you've never, you've never seemed to have met any. Actually, yeah, we haven't. Yeah. 
This fucking sexist gang. Should we try and make our way down? Yeah, I suppose that would be best. Maybe stealthily, so maybe less. Boing! Don't worry. Stealth's my strong suit. Can someone help me get down, or I can make a staircase again? <laughs> Pick you up and drop you. Hop on! Invites you to jump on piggyback style. I was like, wait, wait, one moment, and then I get rid of the couch. Alright, so Ruby is gonna ride on Laserhawk's back, and what is Yardak doing? How high up are we? Uh, you're like on a three-story building looking down. And I want to pour some water on the ground and then freeze it into a disc and then step on the disc and just kind of and segue my way across. For Ruby and Laserhawk, are y'all just jumping down? Are you pulsar pogling? What's the idea here? Are you doing some kind of parkour to get yourself across power lines? Or I mean, I can imagine that like if I need to roll an athletics check, probably something like that, but just sort of dropping down. Okay. If I'm sturdy enough to hold up a 10-story building, I feel like I'm sturdy enough to survive dropping down, like, three. Uh, so I want you to roll an athletics check, and Ruby, I want you to roll a dexterity check. Did you say acrobatic or athletic? I'll let you do acrobatics, because I know you're, you're cool as shit at that. And then, Yardak, you're gonna roll a stealth check. 17 overall. 26. 27. Yardak, once your disc lands, you hear someone kind of like jerk around and go, huh? Did anybody see anything? Nah, man, focus on what we're doing. What was that noise? Ooh, so I'm close enough to hear them? Yeah. And and am I somewhat hidden? I mean, yeah, I imagine you're on the roof of the warehouse, like, unless you were going to the ground. I I mean, maybe I misunderstood what you were doing. I just want to know, like, if I'm close enough to, like, hear them, because what I want to do is then... You're, like, one story above them. Get out of my way over to the edge and see what I can't see and or hear. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, before I have you roll anything, what, what are Laserhawk and Ruby doing now? I don't know about Ruby, but Brock's going to try to get in there and see what he can see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Ruby, the reason she made the like bandana and hoodie was to kind of blend in. So she's also going to try and blend in and see if she can figure out what's up. All right. And Yardak, roll a perception check. 15. So from what you can see, at least outside here, there are uh, five five guys in the hoodies, five potential Blue Cross gang members, two guys in this big box truck that had just kind of backed up into the loading dock, and they're starting to open up the, the truck, but you, you can't see anything inside of it. So seven altogether? Five on the outside, two on the truck? Yeah. But I can't hear them, you said? No, you can. Are they saying anything... Nothing of note right now. Uh, you do notice also that the truck is unmarked, uh, like there's no logo or anything onto it. I take it that Visual Aid and Laserhawk are just going to kind of walk up and try to maintain their disguise? Yeah. Yep. Uh, are you going to want me to roll a stealth check on that, or...? Laserhawk, Visual Aid, what are you doing to approach? This isn't how, like, the past has kind of been a party. This is more like just business, right? Right, right. This is just five guys and two folks in the truck, uh, and the five guys are just kind of unloading stuff. Visual aid sort of like walks in and I'm assuming there's a support beam or something somewhere, right? Well, I mean, you're still outside. Like, they're all outside the warehouse. Oh, we're still outside. Okay. Yeah. So, like, when you look at it, it's basically like a big brick building with two loading docks, one of which is being taken up by this truck that's being unloaded. So is everyone just kind of unloading the truck or are people just hanging around? Uh, Yeah, uh, there's five guys unloading the truck. One of them just actually 
opened up the gate to the building so that they can start loading stuff into the building. I'm going to start acting like I'm helping unload. I'm just going to grab a box, see if I can figure out where they're taking it. Okay. Ruby tries to grab the lightest box possible. She's not that strong of a hero. And what about Laserhawk? Same, but I'm trying to figure out specifically what's in the box. So I'm definitely going to have to roll stealth. Okay, so you're stealthily trying to... Actually, I'm going to have you do that as a sleight of hand check. Because you're trying to do like something specific without being noticed. Uh, like you're in... Like you're trying to you know, not make it obvious what you're doing, but you're very much in visibility. Oh, thank God. I love you, Big Green. 18, baby. 18, okay. Uh, so you can't really seem to find, like... How do I put this? It's essentially like a... Do you know what a pelican case is? A case made out of a pelican, of course. Do the other two know what a pelican case is? Yeah. Nope. Okay. So you can't tell this so much from the outside, but this is the kind of case you would see equipment typically carried in. It's like a lock. If you were to open it up inside, typically it's like foam outlining whatever's inside of it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Why is that called a pelican case? The pelican is the most is the most popular company that makes that type of case. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So yeah, basically these are all pelican cases and each one has like a padlock on it. So you can't really open it up uh, to see what's inside. Um, but you get the sense that it's uh, it's pretty light and, you know, based on the fact that it's uh, an expensive case, probably, you know, valuable. How many are there? How many are there? Gotcha. So someone popped open this box uh, and handed them to you. And inside of the box that it came from, you see probably like five more of these pelican cases. Um, and folks have been loading up like multiple of these boxes on dollies. So, you know, probably six per six per box, multiple boxes. Damn. That's a lot of drugs. Like, if you, had to, if you had to take a guess, there's probably, like, 12 boxes. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, how close am I to Laserhawk? Well, you've been helping him unloading and unloading. Laserhawk has kind of, I imagined, been taking his time, just, like, kind of slowly meandering before putting this box down once, once he realized that he couldn't open it. Sound about right? Yep. Okay, so I imagine you're, you're going to kind of cross paths, like, you know, as everyone goes back and forth. Okay, so I have an idea. And and wait, before before you say your idea, Yardak, what are you doing now? Now that you're kind of seeing this scene unfold of people loading and unloading, are you doing anything? Now what I want to do is, um, so as Visual Aid and Laserhawk are doing their thing down on the ground, I'm going to go to the opposite side of the building and create another ice disc to take myself down to the ground in a wide arc. And then once I get down to the ground, I'm going to use a rune to summon up one of the little shardlings and then tell the shardling that I want it to condense down to a puddle and then maneuver itself out that way so it can be under the truck that they're loading with so i have a better chance of overhearing something or seeing something that i might not otherwise and then as he puts himself in that position i'm going to position myself in a way that i can more easily access the warehouse that they're putting things into should anything go south with what laser hawk and visual aid are doing uh, I'm going to have you roll a stealth check for that then, both like kind of a combination of like getting down, talking to the shardling without being heard, getting everybody in place. The more you all say shardling, the more I want to start a punk band called the Shardlings. Do it. Uh, 21. Um, so the creature's like... <laughs> yeah, and then... He kind of takes off running around the corner, and you get nervous for a moment because you see a guy who's coming out of it. You see a guy who's coming out of the building towards the truck, and right as he's doing that, the little shardling takes like a baseball dive, turns into water, slides underneath the truck, and then reforms. Hell yeah. 
And now he's just like, yeah, he's just like kind of sitting there crouched, kind of looking back and forth. And kind of the same thing again. You see one of the guys gets a little spooked. He's like, what the fuck? And he just kind of keeps going about his business. Okay, so I'm imagining we saw that Laserhawk was looking at the Pelican cases but couldn't open it. Yeah. I want to duplicate one of them so we can take a real one away. You're fucking smart. Try to see if we can open it to figure out what's inside there. I didn't even think about that and it's right fucking there. I want you to roll a create check and a stealth check. Actually, I want, uh, actually, I want to say both of you need to roll a stealth check in this case. Ooh, I rolled pretty well. 22 overall for create. Okay. Thank God I just put a bunch into this. 29. 14 overall. Uh, thank God I put a lot into it, because I just rolled a 2. Fuck. In a quick, like, little, like a, like a sizzle, basically, you, you flash make one of these boxes. And it looks more or less like the right thing. Again, if you felt, if you feel it, it feels a little lighter, but like, you know, you're pretty on, on point. And what do you do with, uh, with them? Uh, I guess replace them in, because they're still in a box, right? Right. I replaced the real one with my new fake one. So, and I would like to try and remove the real one somewhere to see if I can one of us could get it open to see if we could figure out what the fuck's inside there. Gotcha. So it's like a little too busy. There's too many people coming back. Like they're, they're unloading the last of it now though. If you, uh, like football pass it to me, I should be able to like fucking slunk away. Okay. I'm going to say I like put it on the ground. Blazer Hawks behind me. Use my foot, uh, my foot to like slowly pass it behind me. And I'm going to scoop it up and see if I can't fuck off elsewhere so I can crack this bitch open. You said that the uh, cases all had like their own combination lock. Well, a padlock. It doesn't necessarily have to be a combination lock. So since it's a padlock, I want to back in Laserhawk over to me. Okay, well, you're definitely not in a position where you can see each other quite yet. Oh. I was going to say, bro, you act like I haven't ripped off a padlock before. I know, I was just trying to make it easy. You act like Laserhawk's never stole a kid's bicycle. This is like one of those episodes where you lost your powers, but you still had to, like, you know, maintain appearances. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you gently kind of kick the box back behind you a bit. Uh, you see they're kind of, there's one guy who's starting to kind of take inventory. Three of the other guys are, like, just heading towards the front. One of them pulls out a cigarette and, you know, hands, hands it to the other one, starts smoking. The other one closes up the truck, taps on the back of it, and uh, you all hear the truck start up and start to pull away. Is there, like, uh, we're in the warehouse, is there, like, a stack of crates I can hide behind or crack this bitch open? So, yeah, there's the big stack that they just made that's kind of, like, in the center, but there's a lot of just, like, random bullshit here. Like, if you had to guess this is an actual legitimate warehouse, what appears to be, like, you know, frozen burger patties that are gonna go to the supermarket, there's, uh, you know, like, some random kids' toys and shit. Bro, a box of frozen patties is about to go home with Laserhawk, I got dogs to feed. You can't just steal from places. Can I write down the truck's license plate number? Sure. It's uh, VK26D. So basically, there's one guy taking inventory and three guys. Yard, I can definitely see these three guys smoking out front. Uh, and, and the one guy who's left actually just walks up and starts closing the gate, the big door to the warehouse. Am I, like, tucked away enough to be able to crack this some bitch open? Yeah, yeah, I think you've gotten away to, like, a little bit of a, of a, of a hiding spot. This is not a particularly well-lit warehouse either. 
if I'm strong enough to hold up a ten-story building, I'm strong enough to break a lock. Yeah, yeah, you could absolutely, like, with a little bit of effort, crush this thing in your hand. And I open it. Yeah, you open it, and inside is just two very, very neat vials. One is a very, uh, what looks to be a black, kind of sludgy liquid. The other is a kind of fluorescent orange. Uh, I mean, both of those are going in my fucking pocket. Well, at least it's in the pocket, not your veins. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm just gonna hide the actual pelican case, like, under a crate or something. I don't really give a shit about that. I got what I need. So, basically, the door has been closed. It is the it is Laserhawk and Visual Aid inside the building with the guy taking inventory and the guy who just closed the door. And then it is Yardak outside with the three guys. Uh, and your little shardling, as, as, the, as the truck took off, kind of slapped himself against the wall like of the loading dock so as to not be seen. God bless. So, yeah, what's everybody doing now? What do I have to roll to pick the lock to this gate to get the fuck out? I mean, I guess part of it's going to be a stealth check, because you got to get back past the, the guys that, you know, you came in with. I mean, that's going to be the easy part. And also, what's, what's Visual Aid doing? I think Visual Aid is... Wait, so, okay, you said there was a group smoking. Are they smoking inside the warehouse? No, no, there's, there's three that are smoking outside the warehouse, the guy doing inventory, and the guy who just closed the door inside with you. Okay, so the gate wasn't to, like, the warehouse itself. It was to, like, a gate... Sorry, maybe gate's not the right word. Garage door. But so those, the people smoking are now outside of the warehouse. Correct. And it's just you, you, Laserhawk, and two others inside the warehouse. Okay. Are the people in here, are they talking at all? Uh, one guy, no, he's just got a clipboard. He's just doing some inventory. Uh, the other guy kind of sat down on a swivel chair and he's just kind of spinning around looking upward. Like he just looks very bored. I'm guessing I can't hear the people who are smoking together, right? No, I would say. I mean, again, unless you're getting really close to the door, in which case you're going to have to kind of confront the the other guy. Because that front area is well lit enough that your mask would stand out a little more. Is there, is there like, another door I could casually go out and act like I'm going to smoke? So there is another door that you can see, and it's right next to the vertical door. Okay, I probably will need to draw a deception for this. But, hey, is that uh, where I should go if I need to smoke? And point to the door to the the rolly, uh, the guy who's in a chair just He doesn't even really look at you, he goes, Yeah, duh. Is he sixteen? <laughs> um, I don't even need to roll deception, do I? Well, are you gonna go try to go for the door next? Well, you never said that you were going to smoke, you just asked if that's where you smoke. Okay, that's true. Ruby makes something that looks like a cigarette but doesn't have nicotine. It's called a joint, Ruby. A clove. It doesn't have anything. I was gonna say a jewel. <laughs> Oh, God, no. Uh, I make something that, like, looks like a cigarette and go, I just go out. And right before you get to the door, he goes, wait, 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 stop. You can't go out. We gotta, you gotta disarm the, you gotta disarm it first. See, that's why I was asking. What is it, your first time here? Give me one second. In a huff, he kind of stands up and he, and he goes to walk past you. I let him go disarm the security system. He, he goes, he presses a couple buttons to disarm the door. He's like, all right, all right, I'll rearm it when you go out. And he turns around to go let you through, and he, like, you both make, like, direct eye contact. Hypothetically, can Brock see what's going on right now? Uh, I think you would agree that at a minimum can hear what's going on right now. Whether you can close the gap is to be determined. I don't need to close the gap. I have solar shotgun. I am going to put myself in a position where I can shoot this guy in the fucking face if need be. Okay. 
Although I still have like my, I still have like my hoodie on, and so I haven't really. Sure, sure, but you still have a mask on. Okay, so I have the. Like I, I you know, I, I'll just let you know that's like you. This guy has made you. I really need to get out there and uh, get a hit of nicotine. I don't fucking know. I don't smoke. How do you judge? Get a hit of nicotine. I mean, you're definitely going to have to roll deception. You know, I'm just going to do it with a negative five penalty because this person is looking at you wearing a mask. All right, roll it. <gasps> oh, man. The thing is, I actually do have quite a bit in deception. Brock's just going to prepare his hands just in case. Um, I'm going to do the math and then I'll tell you what it is. And then whatever the... With the negative five, it's 23. <laughs> God damn. You look into this guy's eyes, and his eyes are so fucking bloodshot. <laughs> yes. I hate that you succeeded. And he goes, yeah, sure. You sure you don't want some of, like, my chocolate? What? Cannabis chocolate. Oh. Nah, nah, I just need to stick to normal cigarettes right now. Get too paranoid with the- I just need one hit of nicotine. <laughs> Brock wasn't kidding when he slid up and was like, what up? You need to roll deception now. <laughs> Bet. What the fuck? Don't ruin this for me. Putting himself in mortal danger for weed. I'm sorry, I need to get out this bitch too. If I can get high on the way out, then dope. Have you already figured out what you have? Do you have the case with you? Uh, and I got a 14. Nope, guy goes, who the fuck are you? And I sock him as fucking hard as I can in the temple. Alright, roll an attack check. Look, this is not Rachel's fault then. This is all of Brandon. Uh, that's gonna be a 28. You hit, roll a dexterity check. That is gonna be a 17. Uh, so you cold cocked this guy, and luckily you're in the state of mind to do this. You grabbed him before he fell to the ground. And just, shh, go to sleep, go to sleep. Give me your chocolate, go to sleep. How? And then you ate some of the chocolate. Some? No, I'm rifling through his fucking pockets. The big reason that it was important you grabbed him is so that he didn't make a sound when he fell to the ground. Oh yeah, I I picked that up. Ruby pretending. I was like, oh, whoa, dude, I think you've had too much to drink. I think you gotta sit down. Are you saying this for the other guy in the room? <laughs> yes, for the other guy in the room. This is a fucking Abbott and Costello sketch right now. <laughs> I'm really sorry that you're getting left out of it, Dan. That wasn't the intention. No, I'm fine, but I'm just like, this is a mess. It is a mess, I'm trying to fix it, okay? <laughs> so am I, just with violence. Had he opened the door yet, by the way? You gent- yeah, the door is unarmed, unlocked, and uh, you set this guy down. Let's get the fuck out of here. Before before I have you exit the building, other guy also is like way too wrapped up in inventory, you think he might also have AirPods in? Oh, thank God. That's fine, I'll knock him out too, I don't give a fuck. He's not even looking at you. He might have chocolate. <laughs> There's no reason to do that! You are slowly turning Laserhawk into, like, not a murder hobo, but like a, a like an MMA hobo. This is literally no different than how I've ever played Brock. No, you have never had him just unnecessarily knock people out to rifle through their pockets. Well, no, it's not to rifle- This time it's to cover my track. Last time it was to cover my tracks and make sure he didn't sound the fucking alarms. The pocket rifling was just a happy circumstance. You can go, but wait, before you exit the building, what is uh, Yardak doing outside as these guys are smoking? Uh, did the truck leave? Yeah, truck left. 
So in that case, I'm going to be <laughs> on the other side of the warehouse gate door, just like the shardling, like, waiting and hiding for the door to open so I can weasel my way inside. I want you to roll a stealth check, then. Nine is 26. You just cleared it. <laughs> yes! So, basically, you inch up, and as you get close, uh, the shardling makes, like, happy, friendly, familiar sound. Yeah, thanks. thanks. And you're just kind of like, shh. <laughs> and then you hear one of the guys say, What'd you say, Bowden? I didn't say anything. Bowden? Yeah, that's his name. Nestor, was that you? Ah, dude, I didn't say shit. I'm smoking here. I'm right in front of you, dipshit. Their names are Bowden and Nestor? God, their parents failed them. I mean, that's not how their parents failed them. But somehow, you would think if you named your kid Nestor, that would keep him out of the gang, though. You gotta say it with an accent. Nestor? Okay, there was a second where I said you said thought you said Esther instead of Nestor, and I was like, wait, there is a girl. So anyway, yeah, you were successfully stealthy. These guys are kind of arguing, like, calling into each other dipshits while they're smoking. Uh, and that is when Laserhawk and Visual Aid make your way out. And you're about 15 feet away from these guys as you're coming out the door. And when the door opens up, they all kind of look over at you. Sup, nerds? Uh, I just needed a smoke break and hold up the cigarette that I made. I think you're both going to need to roll deception checks again. Well, in that case, let me go the whole hog and say, I'll be right back, boys. I'm around the corner and take a piss. 26 overall. 19. 20. 20. Sorry. Unnatural. This is what I made Ruby good at lying in case she had to lie to someone to be like, yes, that is totally real about her illusions. Brock might not be lying. He might have to pee. Yeah, you can tell uh, from their little bit of swaying that these guys, they've probably been drinking. So they probably understand that my planner is full. The only person that you're not thinking is high or drunk right now is the guy taking inventory. Maybe that maybe he drew the short end of the stick tonight. <laughs> maybe he's the only one in the gang that's responsible. Maybe. And you just didn't you just ignored him entirely. Fuck him. The responsible one might notice I'm wearing a fucking mask. So what are y'all doing now? Uh, Ruby does not know where Gardak is right now, right? Correct. So since I don't, I'm going to just kind of lean against the wall and see if I can like listen to their conversation while I'm act- acting like I'm smoking with them. Okay. Ruby is not actually smoking. Don't smoke, kids. Cigarettes or cause cancer. So I'm imagining then that like every time you take an inhale, you're like making an illusion that it lights up at the end, and then an illusion of smoke as it comes out. Yeah. While Ruby's doing that, Brock's going to, uh, round that corner. And take a piss. Yeah. Roll to piss yourself. (laughs) Alright, so Ruby's listening in. I imagine, I guess, Yardak's kind of just chilling and listening in. And, uh, what is Laserhawk doing? Like, around the corner, anything? Uh, I mean, just waiting for signs from Ruby and Yardak so that way we can get the fuck out of here. Alright, I imagine everyone has a comm in their ear. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Okay. Since this was a planned mission and not an impromptu thing. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Ruby and Yardak are both hearing this. Laserhawk's probably a little too far away to really hear it. They're just kind of shooting the shit, talking about their girlfriends or their wives. Or in some cases, their wives and their girlfriends. Yeah, I was about to say, one of them was talking about both. Fuck you, dude. 
Hey, you never said he was cheating. They might be in a polyamorous relationship. Yeah, way to assume this gang member's life, Ruby. Rather judgmental for a person wearing a mask. I don't know, because they keep bringing drugs on my fucking streets. That's why. That's fair. Hey, Brock likes some of those drugs. Have you been buying weed from the Blue Cross gang? Um, no, I've been rifling it from their pockets. Basically, you start to learn that, you know, they don't really know who this new benefactor is. Sounds like Augustus is the guy who's inside taking inventory. He's kind of like the, the main contact. What are these gang members? <laughs> Anybody can be in a position where they need a strong sense of community and purpose. I feel like if his name was Augustus and he joined a gang, they would end up calling him Gus. Honestly, I think it's dope that we're fighting an Amish street gang. <laughs> None of them really know anything about, like, the new product. Apparently it's supposed to be real heavy duty from what they're told. Nestor seems, like, real excited about it. Bowden doesn't seem to give a fuck. Fuck Nestor. I'm with Bowden. Okay, so they don't really know anything, but they're excited about it. Can I guess get why he's excited about it? You know, he just says that it's real heavy duty shit. I also just want to remind you as you're all kind of killing time, that at some point, someone is going to find the guy who's unconscious. I'm waiting on these fuckers. We didn't re-like arm the defenses for the building, right? No. So I'm just going to casually walk back in. Okay. Do Doing inventory, is he paying attention to me at all? No, like I said, he's got AirPods in, he's kind of like nodding his head a bit as he's like looking at the clipboard. Okay. We've established I can make alcohol now. Mm-hmm. I am going to make a beer and spill a little bit on the guy so it smells like he's just that drunk. Um, I guess, should I do that in stealth mode since that other guy is in the room? No, I'm not going to make you roll stealth on it so much. I'm just thinking in my head, like, this guy definitely has, like, a giant welt on his head from where Laserhawk cold-cocked him. Um. Also, and Laser- or Yardak, you were asking if you can kind of shimmy out of there? Yeah, now I want to go into the warehouse. Gotcha. For that, you're going to have to roll a stealth check then, because they're definitely, since there's three of them, they're all kind of like, there's no real unseen location right now. Okay. Because I have a plan once I get in there. You would still have to roll stealth unless you want to like look around the building, potentially, to try to find another uh, entrance. Unnatural 20. So. All right, I guess we're fighting, huh? Uh, well, it's not so much you're fighting, but basically they hear a sound of you like moving and start heading over to check it out. And you're not really visible, but they're kind of coming in your direction. Mm. Um, and I think it was, and I think it was loud enough that Ruby also can hear it, and Laserhawk for that matter. I want to point out that I'm pretty sure I did make a bandana and hoodie for your eyes as well. Correct. Cover those skills up. So as I duck in, I'm going to say into the com, like, "All right, going in." And when I get inside, I want to take the water that I have inside of my water skin and empty it, and then just spread it out onto the floor. If you move at all now, they're going to be able to see you. Uh, and, like, you can try to play it off as being a gang member, but, like... Okay, I have a question. Okay. So, Augustus was the guy doing inventory, right? Correct. Did I learn the name of the guy who's knocked out? Uh, his name is Percy. That is so close to what I was thinking. I came up with Philbert. It's it's right on brand with tonight. I hear it, and I'm assuming, like, it's something like your ex. So, I was like, hey, can you guys give me a hand? I think Percy got so drunk he, uh... He fell over and hit his head. I assume I have to roll deception. You're going to have to roll deception, yes. 24. You said 24? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all like, that Percy can't hold his liquor. Yeah, what a dickhead, right? I'm still pissing. 
<laughs> Brock doesn't say that. Uh, so now everyone except for uh, Laserhawk and Yardak and the Shardling, everyone else is inside. So it's basically Ruby alone with the rest of the gang. Ruby, get the fuck out of there. No, I was trying to think of how to get out of here. I was like, ugh. When do they start letting girls into the gang? Oh, shit. <laughs> wow, sexist. He doesn't sound upset about it. He's just like, he's like, wait, is this a new thing? Wait, do you guys not let girls in? That's weird. I I didn't think it was a rule. I just noticed that we never had any. Who are you? I'm, I'm trying to think of a fucking pretentious female name now. I'm like, yeah, I'm Beatrice. You can call me B. All right, B. What's, uh, yeah, wait, did you just, when did you get here? Uh, no, I'm new. No, no, I mean, like, when did you get here tonight? I didn't remember you walking over with us. I know it was kind of, like, low-key about who all was coming and what everything, but... Uh, I was running late. I, I basically got here right as the truck got here. Oh. Okay. Guys, we should probably get Percy back home, right? Should I call a vroom? I forgot that it's called vroom. We should get Percy home. His father, Maximilian, will be so concerned of his well-being. Oh, indeed, 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 indeed. So, yeah, it's at this point you realize, you see uh, Augustus visual aid. Uh, you see Augustus start to take his AirPods out and turn around. I kind of notice, and I go, oh, shit, I think I left my lighter outside. I'll be right back. It's right at that time that Augustus was starting to walk over right as you, like, get out the door. Yeah, and I just leave, and I was like, let's go. <laughs> like, yeah, I assume that Brock's not too far away to where he couldn't, like, peek out the door. Yeah, no, I'm basically, to give you an idea of how I imagine this loading dock, like, there was basically a ramp going off the side, like, a wheelchair ramp that led up to that door and to the loading dock. Um, and you were down the ramp around the corner of the building. Basically where laser, where uh, Yardak was before he inched himself up front. Well, in that case, as Ruby walks out, Brock's gonna kinda scurry up, pat himself on the back. Giddy up, partner, let's get the fuck out of here. Don't have to tell me twice. And I j- jump on. And what is, uh, what is Yardak doing? Which I assume Yardak is now popping up to, like, make himself known. Not after all this. To us. <laughs> it's just us outside now. Oh, I thought you meant- I thought you just meant, like, in general, making myself known. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, let's go, guys. Let's vroom. Get the fuck out of here. No, 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 Percy's gonna vroom. I don't know how y'all are getting out of there. That's a deal. Oh, uh, we're gonna boing. I'm piggyback ride. Then I will open up a sewer grate and go down, and then- uh, Where are we meeting? And then- Where the fuck do you think? Right, we're going to the laser hut, then. Meet you there, buddy. <laughs> All right, and right as you're dropping into the grate, and right as Laserhawk is kind of bouncing away with Ruby in tow, you hear the sound of multiple guns cocking as these guys just, like, pile out through the door, see you, and just start firing into the sky as you take off in a bright bounce. Ha ha! Ha ha! You're looking forward, Laserhawk. I imagine Ruby takes one last look back, and you just see Augustus, like, slam his clipboard onto the ground and just go, Fuck! You all have really fucking pretentious names! Hey everybody, Mosey here. You might remember me from Highwind Channel 7's hour-long special on Troubled Youth. You know what kicks ass? 
old school pro wrestling. I like my AEW, my modern NWA, Mosey even gets down with some GCW, but nothing beats that golden age of the 1980s and 1990s, and that weird Pope guy agrees. So that's why he found himself a second podcast. Turnbuckle Time Machine is a part of the Jackal Podcast Network. Join the owner of Michigan Wrestling Organization, Jason the Basher Klaus, as well as fellow MWL alumni like Rex Havoc, Tim Williams, and Pope Brandon Brownson. Hey, that's me! As they get together to discuss classic wrestling pay-per-views and supercards, both the best and the worst. But hey, I'm just some kid. Let's hear from the man himself. Take it away, Basher. Hey, I'm Jason Klaus, inviting you to join me and my friends Tim Williams, Rex Havoc, and the incomparable Pope Brandon Brownson as we look back at some of the biggest events and moments in the history of professional wrestling. It's the Turnbuckle Time Machine, and you can find it exclusively on Anchor.fm. And now, back to Masks and Mayhem. And not much longer after that, you show up at the Laser Hut. I'll be honest, it, uh, I'm impressed how long it took them to figure out. Yeah, well... You're, you're so lucky that Augustus had AirPods in. No, I'm lucky we'd be so good at fucking lying. It's fine, I've knocked Augustus out too, I don't give a fuck. You said we're back at the Heart of Lasers? Yeah. I'm going to go into my basement where presumably I have some sort of machine that's gonna be able to run information on the little vials in my pockets. Yeah, so you definitely have some machinery for doing that. Roll an investigation check. That's gonna be 28, baby. Your analysis machine can't really quite make heads or tails of it. There's only one way to know. I have to take it myself. No. That is Ruby, in character. No, we just dump it on a corny and see what happens. No! The molecular structure has some familiar sequences in it, but nothing that matches entirely with any, like, known product. A couple of, like, minor matches you can get do include slam packs, and also a little bit from the zombie formula. Oh, fuck me. Some souped-up zombies. Absolutely not. That's in character. Fuck them. You're not able to gather up any information, like, you're not even 100% sure, like, what it's made of exactly, you know, in terms of any, like, location information. God, we went from the Day of the Dead zombies to the fucking 28 Days Later Rage zombies. Shut the fuck up, Dan. Don't give him ideas. Absolutely not. Do not give Archie ideas. How fucking dare you? I swear to God. we don't. I don't have any more dead friends for you to bring back, right? Well, don't fucking tempt him to kill another one. Oh, this is what we're going to need Sloan for, isn't it? I forgot that this was a whole flashback thing. I was going to make a joke that I was like, we should kill Sloan. We can, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind killing him as a zombie. And I was like, fuck, this is what we need Sloan for. Son of a bitch. Well, because my friends never actually join me down here to do the work, I go back up to the top of the warehouse where they're playing with the dogs. You're welcome. I don't see my god dogs enough. God dogs. Right, yeah, we've got these two vials of very dangerous chemicals, but I understand. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I can't- I'm not allowed to have any pets in my apartment. So TLDR, I got no idea what the fuck this shit is, but it's got slam pack and zombie juice in it, so we're gonna need to figure this out stat. God. And after the whole highwind situation, Data Kraken's still a little pissy with me. Fair, but uh god damn it. Fair, fuck you, I got kidnapped. I'm not saying it's logical, okay? 
God, who do we... Ugh. So, in a bet to prevent rage zombies, I feel like we should take some of this sludge over to Lydia and see if we can't get her to either, like, deconstruct the genetics or whatever is inside of this thing, or even potentially find a vaccine if this shit hits the street, because I'm not dealing with zombies again. That is not a bad idea. Look, I already have enough trauma from zombies. Do you know how hard that is to describe in therapy without having to give away but he was like zombie? Uh, yes, let's bring it to Lydia. Okay, uh, you're lucky. She is actually still in town. Hey, Lydia. I, I'm sorry, but I kind of have a favor to ask. Ruby, it is it is 2 a.m. What? Is everything okay? No. Sorry to call you so late, but I wasn't sure when you were leaving town again. We were just at a Blue Cross warehouse, and we got our hands on some vial of some substance, and it, we can't figure out exactly what it is, but apparently it has both slam packs and the stuff that made the zombies in there. Oh, goodness. And it got us worried. Understandably so. I And you hear her kind of take a big drink of water. Can you meet me at the Union Support Center downtown? I, I won't have access to most of my equipment, but I'll be glad to take a look at what I can. Yep. I got equipment at the hut too, Lydia. Maybe you'll be able to get more out of it than me. I, I, excuse, um, excuse me. What was that? Oh, and I was, I was like, sorry. That was, uh, I'm, I'm with Laserhawk. Okay, and and what is the hut? Oh yeah, you've never been here, where I live. He's got uh, some equipment where he lives, but he wasn't able to analyze it enough to figure out exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I will join you. If you'd be so kind to send me the address, I will join you there. All right, but if this gets out to anyone, Lydia, we're going to have words. I trust you, but I've trusted people from Union before. Of, of course, Lazarhawk. I was like, just so you know, so you're not confused, uh, Lazarhawk fully lives in a warehouse. And it takes her some time to get from downtown, uh, where she is staying, over to the north end. But she shows up in coming out of a taxi. Um, she's got kind of this, like maroon velvet coat on. She's got a, a cup of coffee with her. Oh, that's funny, because Brock totally has a cup of coffee in his hand for her, too. A maroon velvet coat. I was picturing, like, Carmen San Diego, like, fuck. I know what? Ruby's gonna be like, Lydia, I love the coat. Oh, thank you. Yes, it, I got it recently. It was a birthday gift. Oh, did I miss your birthday? Oh, it's fine. I was I was out of town. You wouldn't have been able to reach me anyway. I, I, I got it from a friend right before, right before uh, I became un- unreachable. Well, happy belated birthday. I'll have to get you a new, a new book or something. Oh, wonderful. Uh, this serum, if we may. Yes. Follow me. And, and she walks in and she's kind of a little, you know, mesmerized by, by the setup you have. Uh, she takes off her coat and she reaches into her bag and she pulls out a lab coat. Now she's in her work mode. That button right there makes cappuccino. If I feel like we're going to be down here as long as I think we are, you're going to need that info. Thank you very much, Laserhawk. And she starts kind of playing around with it. And I'm going to say Ruby went down with them, by the way. Holy shit, you guys are down here for a while. Well, yeah, for zombies, now that we know they're zombies, I'm down there too. Oh, I'm down here because uh, Laserhawk can be rude and Lydia's her friend. I'm sorry, I've got a vial of fucking zombie slam juice. I'm a little on edge. Yeah, so she's kind of... She pulls out a microscope and she starts taking a closer look at it. And then she takes a small sample, puts it in like a Petri dish. She mixes the two together and she's kind of examining it. Oh, my, my. Oh? 
Yes, it, it does appear to be. Um, hmm, it does appear to be some kind of variation on the slam pack formula. Just you know, based on the looking over your research and, and your analysis, as well as you know, sort of examining it closely here. Um, and she she says, "Do I have a way of of projecting this up onto the TV?" Yep, bleep blop bloop. Okay, and you can see the way that the um. She takes a little pinprick of her finger, drops the blood into the vial, and you watch basically as the orange sort of mixes with the blood. Uh, it starts to kind of glow a little bit, but then the black sludge sort of surrounds it and begins to, for lack of a better term, like consume it. Uh. Ah, yes, I see. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I understand. <laughs> but basically, yeah, by the time it's finished, it's sort of. Uh, it's like this. The black sludge is the majority of it, but it's got that. It still has that bit of orange glow to it. So yeah, uh, she shows you what she found. All right, cool. What do you make of it? Uh, just as you described, it is a combination of those two items. What honestly, not certain what else we can gather off of this. What? Where did you get this? Blue Cross King. They have some kind of new benefactor, Dickhead. Oh goodness. God, if only we had someone who knew a substantial amount about the slam packs, Mazaba. Fuck, we do know someone like that. Yes, you do. Uh, not it. Oh shit. Um. So was the flashback like me telling Sloan a story? No, I'm gonna imagine like that. The, the interesting is the last part. Like you don't have to go into. Whole, I'm not gonna make you retell the whole thing. We have a substance that we thought your specialties could help us with. Oh, and which specialty would that be? We need you to shoot one of our friends. <laughs> your pathological obsession with not letting the dead stay dead. Well, whatever it is, I don't know how much I had to do with it. And he kind of holds up his cuffed hands. It is nice to know we can keep an eye on you. But I think some of your past work might be involved in this. I guess I can't say I'm surprised that probably a rank amateur had picked up where I left off. Is it a mark of a professional scientist to lie about cremating somebody? Ruby, we can have this little back and forth bar, but if you have more specific questions, I'll answer them. Do I, what questions should I ask him? <laughs> this is Rachel asking. Can, can we presume that Ruby brought some kind of like pieces of paper with the information we have about the formula written on them that she could, I don't know, slide across the table in a manila folder, because that'd look cool. No, no, yeah, absolutely. I definitely believe that Ruby brought documentation. Here. She wasn't allowed to bring the sample with her, obviously. No, I did not bring him the sample. He'll fucking make a zombie. I slide him over a manila folder, and I go, here, take a look at this stuff. And he opens up the folder, he starts flipping through the paperwork, his eyebrows raise a little bit, he goes... Oh, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. What do you need from me? I'm trying to figure out what it is. I mean, it's pretty obvious what it is. It's, you know, some kind of uh, necrotic super serum. If I had to venture a guess, it would do... Uh, no, uh, you, you know, what it would do is not that important, right? You just want to know, like, where it came from and, and how to stop it. God fucking damn it, I wish you would have taken Brock with you. This dickhead would be singing like Freddie Mercury. Tell me everything you know about it. It's the literalist you can do, Dr. Matthews. No, I think, you know, I have something you want, and there are things that I want. There are a lot of things I want, Flo. 
I want to maybe get the image of you shooting someone in front of me out of my head. I am sorry I had to do that in front of you. But you're not sorry you had to do it? Ruby slams her hand now to make a dagger. Dr. Matthews, you are lucky that I have a moral code, and I have let you live thus far. Don't test that. And I would like to roll an intimidate. Brock ain't even there, and he's so fucking proud of you right now. I rolled a nat 20. Brock is so proud of you. Fuck him up. He just looks terrified, and he says, I... You you wouldn't. I, I know you, Ruby. I know you wouldn't. You would not get out of this building. You and I both know that. And you have a life to go back to. I don't. You help me, I help you. That's the end. That's all I'm asking for. And I look and I go, don't test me, because you haven't seen me in two years. Things change. Dr. Matthews. What is it that you want, anyways? I want to be in a minimal security facility. I want to be out. I don't want to be around these actual supervillains. I'll do my time. I Listen, I did the crime. I'll do my time, but I don't feel safe here. I'll see what I can do. And in Ruby's head, mostly because she's like, I'm also scared one of the uh, supervillains will, like, turn him to the other side. I'm hoping one of them turns him into paste. I know it's not your call, but if you say you're going to try, that's enough for me. Just don't betray me ever again. And I, like, go like I'm going to, like, stab him, and the dagger disappears right where I hit his hand. And he jumps back, like, visibly startled. He kind of regains his composure uh, and starts flipping through the pages. And he points to one of the items and he says, now this, this is unique. This is hard to get. It would take a lot of resources to get to this. You would know. Saints Red Crystal International RC, I fucking dare you. (laughs) Rachel, you're going to get a hero point for being intimidating as hell. Yeah! For being a bad bitch. Uh, It would take a lot of resources to get this, but it is a a route that is only really found in, in a very specific part of Maine. Maine? Does Stephen King grow it? What? What Mr. King does on his property is his business and not mine. I'm just letting you know that when I worked for those other guys, that's where they told me it was procured from. Those other guys. It must be so easy to be able to, like, compartmentalize all that stuff. Yeah, actually, you know, it actually really was uh, difficult at some points. It should have been a lot more difficult, Dr. Matthews. And it's at that time the guard, like, knocks on the door and kind of leans in and goes, All right, time's up. Thanks for your help. I'll see what I can do. I suppose I'll probably be seeing you again sooner rather than later. Unfortunately. And as they go to take him out the door, he just looks back and he goes, I never told them, by the way. Told them what? Uh, I'm assuming who I am. And you know what, Ruby is going to, like, thank you. And I never told him about your other half, either. Okay, I assume he means the alien, but for for a second, Ruby is like, does he mean Alf? (laughs) I appreciate that. Wouldn't want people to know all of my secrets. And he kind of just nods, and the guard takes him away. Okay, what now? Uh, I I imagine you leave the prison. Yes. And drive back to Riverside is probably... (laughs) It's like an hour west. <laughs> perfect time perfect time to put on an audiobook of a Space Cadet novel. What's the name of the prison that he's in? 
uh, Striker Prison. Oh, you know what? I uh, I'm going to say this audiobook is actually—is it her name, Reina? This audiobook is actually about her character and is uh, narrated by Reina Morris, and it's delightful. She's an ambassador. She finds time to do audiobooks. Look, she can do that from like she can do. She doesn't need to like. She can do it all. Yeah, one, she's amazing, and also she doesn't need to fly back to record something. That's true. And you drive on back. I imagine you drive on back to Riverside and listen to your audiobook. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so basically, it's been about two weeks since the events at the warehouse, and you tomorrow, the three of you have the first real day of the trial. You had to ask off work. Oh God! Fuck! God! Damn it! God! What? How many fucking excuses am I having to come up for <laughs> taking work off? Well, I mean, one of the precedents is they can basically write uh, a blank. Like a doctor's note, but for court, basically. Like, they can basically write a blank without your name on it so that you can fill that in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, you basically can say, I had to go to court. Ruby, uh, I think Ruby's made up a story that I, I, I witnessed um, something involving, like, a mugging or something, and it's been getting dragged out, and which is why I keep having to go back to court. All right, well, I'm going to want you to roll deception on that. Okay. I swear to God, don't don't fail me now. But 23 overall. 23, yeah. You go up to Derek, and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever you gotta do. Like, it's fine. Thanks, Derek. Did you hear about that asshole who said there was free beer, but there wasn't? What a fuck night. You notice that in Derek's little, like, office space, he has a picture of Laserhawk, and it just has a big X over it? <laughs> fuck Derek. <laughs> and I, you know, I go, what's that about? Bastard told us there was free beer, and then there wasn't. Fuck me for saving your life, am I right? Playing devil's advocate, I would imagine he was probably trying to get people to safety to move somewhere else if he was doing something like that. Ruby, totally understand that, get it, like, doing it for the public good, and I will forgive people for a lot of things, like, I understand having to have a secret identity... (laughs) <laughs> that's fine you know like vigilantes you know they gotta protect themselves their families or whatever but like lying about beer unacceptable bro fuck you derek fight me and then ruby's like good to know if that ever gets out derek won't be that mad <laughs> but treat your fucking jaw like a hacky sack boy come at me scrub lord i'm fucking ripped i get you he, he always seemed pretty cool to me and i imagine you relayed the information from dr matthews to your compatriots yes i do it Am I also conveying this information to Lydia? Uh, that's up to you. You know what I do when I just say, just so you're in the know in case it ever comes up with union stuff, here's what I got from Dr. Matthews. Honestly, he never said where the field was in Maine, so we're probably going to want to try and get that information from Lydia. Yeah. She's like, said it's somewhere in Maine? Is this, is this where all the Stephen King ideas come from? What are y'all doing tonight before the, before the trial starts? I'm going to not get drunk, but have a stiff drink. Alright, so... To, uh, you know, I'm having a glass of wine with Bethany and Alan Rickard. Okay, so you're at home. It sounds like Brock's getting high at home alone with the dogs, I guess. Alright, boy, catch the stick! And, uh, and you're getting a stiff drink. Are you going to Jack's, or where are you going? You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go to Jack's. Okay, so just you and Jack hanging out. Shall I be like, hey, dude! Just like that, too. <laughs> Yardak, long time no see. Uh, and then, like, I walk in and be like, hey, champ, how's it going? Ah, uh, you know, same old shit, different day. Bar business going good, then? 
yeah, yeah, things are uh, things are picking up a little bit. And uh, yeah, I got uh, got a little more help in here now. Got a couple people on dishwashing duty. Oh, we got a new guy. Uh, a couple folks. As uh, he says that, Pam kind of like kicks the door. She's kind of sh- shuffling backwards, kicks the door open because she's holding a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, she works there now. Yeah, you had suggested that. Yeah, that was your suggestion. Been nice. Been able to take a little load off. Been able to relax. Uh, been trying to exercise a bit more. You know. Oh, look at you doing the whole health kick thing. Well, yeah, you know, I just been haven't been feeling the best. Uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to getting getting older. You know, I joked. You're not going to kill Jack. Oh, Jack's already dead. He's been dead the whole time. Pam's basically got like a whole tray full like uh, plates and stuff, and she's kind of setting things out. All that sounds like shit's going pretty good for you. I'm just uh, wanted to pop in, say hey, and grab a drink before we have that stupid fucking trial tomorrow. Oh yeah, I've been hearing about that in the news. It starts tomorrow. They finally finally got a jury. It sounds like that can uh, you know be a little impartial to you. I highly doubt it, but we're hoping for the best. Well, fingers crossed. I feel that. We need all the luck we can get. That makes it sound like Atlantis definitely doesn't have a trial by jury, and Yardek is like, no, not, I don't like it. Oh, no, I just mean that I think it's all fucking crooked. <laughs> jury, uh, and, oh, it's a jury of, it's, I guess it's a jury of uh, Laserhawk and Ruby Spears. <laughs> yeah. Representation. I say as a cis white man, like, ew. <laughs> Nine. Yeah, there's been ten Atlanteans on land. You know nine of them. Eleven if you include Yar Howard. <laughs> What's Laserhawk doing? <sighs> Ugh, some shit, how you been, kid? I watched a guy pee on an electric fence yesterday. It was really funny. That does sound funny. Are you on Xbox Live with Mosey? <laughs> yeah, Brock's playing Minecraft with him because I want my kid to do his fucking homework. Yeah, looks like, uh, and Ruby's just having a nice night at home with uh, Bethany and Rickard. Yep, we're playing. We're playing a board game. What game? And we're playing Space Kid at Risk. Wow, amazing and very on brand. I want you to roll. Hmm, what would be a good? What would be good for the board games? <laughs> roll for roll. Uh, so I'm going to have you roll insight to see how how well you do at this game. All the times to start rolling a little meh. This seems fine. 15 overall. So you came in second place, and Rickard won, uh, but only because this is like his favorite game. Bethany lost really badly and is kind of a sore loser. That tracks. Aw, come on, Bethany. What's that? The military man's favorite board game is Risk? Yeah, and he's really good at it. Uh, So the next morning, you all wake up bright and early, chipper as the day. Really? Chipper? How, uh, how, do, how does Yardak feel about waking up early? It's not so much how early I wake up, it's what the tide is like, and I normally wake with the tide. Okay. Because like, I can just feel that. Like, Okay, so, alright, so do you wake up? Is the tide, is the tide, are the tides good for the morning? Yes, I am a leaf on the wind. And how do the rest of you feel? Brock's pissed. Oh no. Brock doesn't want to be up this early, Brock doesn't want to go to court, Brock's not fucking happy. Ruby's annoyed that she has to use, like, some, you know, hard-earned PTO for this shit. In Riverside, though, they do pay you uh, for two days' worth of uh, court time, so you got that going for you. Stop building a better world than the one we live in. I'm tired of being jealous of Riverside. If you have to go to court, do you still get that? In Riverside, you do. Okay. So, yeah, you wake up, and I think, uh, yeah, Rickard's a good boyfriend. Uh, He makes you a little... He taught himself how to make breakfast tacos. So that he can make this for you. Because he's a great boyfriend. 
he also, I imagine, gives you a ride ride to the courthouse. And the motorcycle? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, he gives you a ride, gives you gives you extra tacos to take to your friends. Um, and I was like, we have breakfast tacos. He definitely drops you off near like an elevator so that you can change into your visual aid outfit uh, on the elevator. Yeah, so I, I change and I bring breakfast tacos for people. Okay. Betsy is there, and so is Lewis, uh, and of course, Douglas Pennington III, who I have been referring to as the U.S. District Attorney. It would be the U.S. Attorney for the District of Connecticut. These are very different things I've been reading up about how law works. <laughs> like, for your own enjoyment or because of this? Because I realized that if we're going to do something legal, I should probably at least use the right terminology. That's fair. And it also makes sense that if he was for the entire state of Connecticut, he wouldn't be a district attorney, because that's not a district. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I should probably start watching the cop show or something then. All right, Brooklyn Nine-Nine it is. You don't see many of your friends. You do see the jury. Uh, There's a couple press folks there, including, you know, Channel 7's intrepid reporter, Sean Ortega. I love how you have to fit in the intrepid reporter. Yeah. And that she's for Channel 7. You see Judge Lynch uh, up at the bench. And yeah, it it appears that Lewis is actually going to be representing Union, and by extension, you all. So wait, so Kevin, like, as like a lawyer, or he's just the person who's going up as Union? He's a lawyer. Wait, the agent? Yeah, Agent Kevin Lewis. (laughs) This is not just to keep established before that he's a lawyer? No, it's definitely not been established because you didn't know what he did before being in Union. I also, yeah, I guess you could represent yourself. That's a thing. So the only people from Union that are currently there are Lydia, Betsy, and Lewis. Uh, the bailiff faces his all rise as the judge is making uh, their way to the bench, sits down, everyone else sits down. And so Lewis looks back at the three of you and says, everybody, everybody doing all right? Peachy. Good as we can be, I guess. I was literally about to say what Dan said, so I got tripped up. No, this is great, Lewis. You know, I planned on staring at the back of my eyelids for a while longer, but this is exactly where I want to fucking be. He reaches over and he has like a thing full of coffees and hands you one. Yeah, all right, you just made your way off my shit list. Gives you a little bit of a wink. Gay. Stop it, I'm gonna get attracted to him. And the judge turns and says, All right, we will hear opening remarks. Pennington goes up, looks at the crowd, makes eye contact with a lot of you. It is the people's position that Union has been allowed to act recklessly with unchecked power for too long, and this lack of oversight has led to multiple incidents, including, but not only, the events that put this city in grave danger. Oh, y'all are gonna hate me. I agree with him now. (laughs) And it is the people's position that Union's efforts should be limited or contained or brought under the jurisdiction of the United Nations more directly. No. Oh, fuck you for making me agree with this guy. Agent Kevin Lewis gets up and says, Listen, I'm admittedly very close to this case as someone who's been with Union for many years, and I am more than willing to admit when mistakes have been made and when changes are necessary. But the changes that the people are bringing would have not have stopped the events of that day nor any of the other incidents that they may call into question. Union always makes an effort to improve on any security lapses and to be proactive about how they can protect not only Riverside City, but the world. Through our testimonies and information that will be brought to light, that will be proven. 
And Lynch goes, all right, you may be seated. I will allow the defense to call their first witness. And basically, I am going to have you all roll initiative. Someone start playing the Phoenix Wright music. Fifteen. Don't forget, uh, Rachel, you do have a hero point. Or two hero points, actually. Everyone has a hero point. Oh, god damn it! why did I put so much in initiative? Nineteen. <laughs> One time I don't want to go first. I don't want to go first either. Eighteen, haha! <laughs> Alright, then I'm about to make y'all's day a hell of a lot harder. We would like to call up the renowned hero Laserhawk as a witness. Fuck. I walk up and sit down. You're friends with Lewis. I'm not friends with Union. I'm going to answer openly and honestly. He is going to ask me a series of very basic questions, and I'm going to give him a series of very basic answers. Do we have an understanding? <laughs> Are you going to swear on a Bible? Do you want to copy the Constitution? I want a copy of Wu-Tang under the 36 chambers if we gotta swear on something we believe in. When Laserhawk asks for that, Lewis, like, gives a look over to you, Ruby. Unless everyone knows it's visual aid there, I'd make it and hand it. Uh, and Lewis hands it to the bailiff who puts it out for you. Y'all aren't getting an album back, but go ahead. Uh, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, (laughs) Wu-Tang? So help you, Wu-Tang. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me, Riz and Jizza and ODB. Laserhawk, you were there for the events of that unfortunate catastrophe, correct? Aye. Mr. Pennington will try to argue that specifically Union is at fault for those events. Would you say that that is correct? No, I would not. This was an instance of sabotage by one Dr. Sloan Matthews. Yes, uh, that name will come up a few times uh, uh, throughout these proceedings. Oh, I'm sure. Would you care to elaborate on on how that was an act of sabotage by Dr. Matthews? Dr. Matthews had altered the devices that Union was using to eliminate the powers of the individuals that they had imprisoned there. Furthermore, I believe that Dr. Matthews had tampered with the actual cell system itself so that it could fail. Were it not for the actions of Dr. Sloan Matthews, it is my firm and honest belief that the cups would not have failed, that the cells would not have failed, and that the incidents of that night would have never occurred. Your witness, and Pennington stands up, looks over a folder, straightens his tie, Mr. Hawk, so you said that Dr. Matthews is the, the main culprit that led to this, these events. Absolutely. Were you close with Dr. Matthews? We have gone out on a small number of occasions outside of work-related things, but I wouldn't say I was the guy's best friend. Would you say there were those that worked at Union that were closer with Dr. Matthews? Presumably so. They saw him every day. I saw him when I needed him. This is what Ruby's thinking of, yeah, the person he shot. God, I wish that Brock would have said that. So, if Union, in all of its capability, could not detect this individual, how can they be trusted, in your professional opinion, be entrusted to protect the city, let alone the larger world? Sir, I believe that by your line of logic, the police cannot be trusted because police officers can also be corrupted. I believe that the actions of a single individual do not paint the entire organization. 
Okay, I want you to roll a persuasion check. I'm going to be using these checks as a way of basically gauging the uh, the jury's demeanor. That's going to be uh, 19, buddy. 16 plus 3. At this statement, you see the jury, a couple of them kind of nodding their heads. A few of them don't seem to disagree. Only one of them really looks like kind of upset. Fuck you, Phil. I don't, you do not get to know the jury's name. That's definitely... All right, then, Mr. Hawk. To your point... Is there not some method uh, put in place for the discovery of corrupt cops? Is there not some method put in place for dealing with that kind of corruption? No. (laughs) No. No, there is not. And when there is police corruption, does it typically lead to a zombie outbreak within an entire city? All right, that one I'll give you. It typically does not, sir. Typically. There was that one time in Wyoming. Now, Union called you to the stand as a character witness to speak on their behalf. Do you think that you're a good judge of character? I'd like to think so, but might be a little biased in my own favor, sir. And that's fair enough. I would like to submit a uh, piece of evidence number one, uh, the testimony in regarding the murder of the villain known as the Machinist. We're doing this, huh? <laughs> you can't keep saying that you went to court for murdering a guy and not think it's going to come up in a court case. <laughs> Alright, that's fine. I can flesh out how he died, I guess. You were acquitted of the charges, but I believe that this is... Lewis goes to say, you're on irrelevance, and Lynch says, we're gonna talk about the quality of a character witness, uh, I believe. Uh, that witness's prior run-ins with the law does come into play. Oh, you know, the half of it. Brock doesn't actually say that. Well, Mr. Peddington, the third. The villain known as the Machinist, as I'm sure you are well aware from the incident reports was attacking my home city of Highwind. Per usual, I had to stop him, but in this particular instance, he was unhinged. He had one goal and one goal only in mind, and that was to cause as much destruction as possible. And that is why, in the midst of our battle, I punched him, and one of the steel beams that he had knocked loose from a building went through his stomach. And, uh, well, I want you to roll- I want you to roll another persuasion check. Good, I almost rolled with not big green. That one is going to be a unnatural 20. You see a couple, uh, members of the jury were kind of shocked by this information. Uh, a few of them looked- like, one of them looked a little queasy. Uh, different one than the one who looked angry. Uh, the one who looked angry still looks angry. Uh, but the- the majority of them seem sympathetic to your experience. And hearing that response, Pennington goes, the people have no further questions. Bet. Judge Lynch cocks an eyebrow. Alrighty, Mr. Hawk, you may leave the stand. Thank you, Your Honor. Chapter 51. On the Stand. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and forced to confront a traitor by myself, R.C. Byler. You can follow us for free forever on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can also review us on podchaser.com. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Thank you.
Chapter fifty one. Legalize crystal fucking weed. So yeah, what did we what did we feel about tonight? Yeah, it was really fun. I feel like maybe you were expecting us to have to fight early in the episode. Yeah, I, you got me so focused on like setting myself up to fight that the entirety of the time, like you presented this as like two weeks previously, and I had forgotten by that time, and I was like, oh fuck me, it was all flashback. Well, thank God Brock sucker punched a man. Y'all just did things that allowed you to avoid a fight, like yeah. Like I, if I'm being really honest with myself, I probably should have just been like, "Guy saw you. There's no getting away from it now." Yeah, when you were like, "He saw the mask. He knows who you are," and then you're like, "But I smoke." I honestly did not expect to roll that well. I was like, "Fuck it, let's let me try it," and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, like part of the things I really enjoyed about this episode uh, was that there wasn't a combat encounter. I don't think there was last time anyway. It was kind of a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Like two episodes that are basically strictly role-playing, no combat. Like, I, I've i enjoyed them. I don't want it to become, like, too regular of a thing, obviously. Brock put a lot of points in the punch of motherfuckers. If we look at it, you do not fight most episodes. There's usually not combat most episodes, because it takes up a good majority of an episode if it's actual, like, full-on combat. I think I I liked getting into Intimidate Sloan. Yeah? How did, you, how did you feel about seeing Dr. Matthews again? I wish someone would put a bullet in him. Oh. As much as I wish Brock would have been there, he'd have walked out of that with a black eye, so I'm happy you didn't. I want to say there is a missing scene where Ruby went to Brock like, oh my god, let me tell you what I did. Oh, there absolutely is. I'm so fucking proud of you right now. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> I liked, like, using my power to, like, intimidate and, like, fuck with him. Thanks for that idea, Dan. I will admit, and uh, this is gonna be me, like, in, in my own analysis, I'm sorry, Dan. I feel like I did not give you enough to do. Oh, no, but I found it fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, no, I really didn't do much this episode, but it was fucking hilarious. And, I mean, next episode is gonna be me on the fucking stand, so... <laughs> How do we feel about the, uh, what's going on with the Blue Cross gang? Fuck those assholes, goddammit. Rage zombies. Stop making shit that eventually you can't control that we have to fight because you guys are fucking idiots. Honestly. Technically, people just keep giving them shit. Stop giving them stuff they don't know how to control it. How have I not individually beaten the shit out of all of these guys yet? I've been at this for like a year and a half with these dickweeds. That's why they had to start recruiting girls. I'll punch a bee, I don't give a fuck. That was, uh, that was Beatrice's name. <laughs> How do the other two who didn't get to meet with Dr. Matthews feel about his return to the show? I mean, like, I knew it was gonna happen eventually at some point, because it just fucking has to. He's, like, too close and a bad guy to not be, like, a recurring thing. Yeah, he didn't die, he was coming back. That's a general rule with comic books. Okay, Rachel likes that he's back. Oh, yeah. Like, that's an interesting story. Ruby's real pissed off about it. I was actually expecting one of you to retcon, like, that, uh, that Yardak and Laserhawk were maybe in the van still or something. Brock didn't want to be there. Brock's surrounded by cops, and I would have punched him out. Okay, here's the people who could have conned. I'm gonna just uh, say Yardak was doing important ambassadorship. Laserhawk would have, like, gotten thrown out of the jail for giving a black eye, and she wasn't gonna fucking try to make Lydia come. She's not an awful person. And Pam was just bartending it up. Yeah, let's bring the one person in this party who's canonically more violent than me. Yeah, that's true. He does not need to know 
anything about any future Hornet. Yeah, you came in as visual aid, so like, you know, she could have come as Hornet. No, yeah. fuck that. He already broke one of our Hornets. Uh, is there anything that you did not enjoy tonight? Slung, fuck that guy. No, not that you did that you didn't like about the game. No, uh, in all seriousness, there wasn't anything that I really disliked about the episode. Me, I felt like I was a little more creative with some of my powers. That was fun. I wouldn't say slapsticky, but this one was what definitely like one of the funniest episodes that we've had. The ridiculousness of Ruby lying. I basically had to retroactively make all of these folks drunk and high. Yeah, because she just rolled so fucking well. It was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> See, that's what I wanted to try lying, because I knew I was like, I actually have a lot in deception, so I want to try and use it. I fucking love, I didn't even realize this, but I love how now canonically Brock plays Minecraft. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, like I imagine. I guess. I guess there must be an Xbox, or no? I guess there's a computer in the in the. There's a shit ton of computers. Brock's not above pirating. He hates Microsoft. And he's got you got you got Kit hacking you into the Xbox into Xbox Live. <laughs> Kit, I need you to get me a torrent <laughs> for Minecraft. <laughs>